Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the LightningInsider.com podcast. I'm Eric Erlinson. From lightninginsider.com. That's where my written work would be. I encourage you to check that out and maybe subscribe as well. There's yearly plans and monthly plans there that you can check out what I do provide on that aspect of it after covering the Tampa Bay Lightning for 20 years, 15 of that with the Trampa Tribune and the last five plus with my own website. So again, Lightning Insider. Dot com is the website, and congratulations, I guess, you made it to the All-Star break, you made it to the funky part of uh, the schedule, this funky February, if we want to call it that, not a whole lot of action going to take place between now and the end of the month, which does lead up to the Stadium Series game that is in Nashville against the Nashville Predators at Nissan Stadium, that game of course is on February the 26th, the outdoor game, should be a ton of fun. I know there's a ton of Lightning fans going. I've seen the group messages and uh, the groups uh, on Facebook and everything else. And, of course, people who have told me that they're going to go uh, be at the game in Nashville. I will be there. I do plan on attending uh, as well. So I'll be chronicling it for uh, everybody as well in terms of that game. A few things want to touch on here before we head into the all-star break we'll look ahead to what Tampa Bay has in front of them uh, not just this month but beyond as well want to touch on something that uh, came across yesterday or a few days ago about the playoffs because the discussions coming up began about who were the top teams and what reward do you get for finishing high up in the standings? So we'll discuss an interesting proposal. That's not new, but it, it does come up every now and then. And this made me think of it the other day. Uh, of course, we'll take some of your questions as well. I know it was short notice on the questions, but we'll get to that. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to look at the uh, what's going to take place with the All-Star Game. A few lighting players taking part in the All-Star Game festivities, so we will get into that. But before we do, I want to let you know about my partners at BetUS.com with the NHL playoff races and individual award races heating up, the NBA action coming down the stretch, and, of course, the big game between the L.A. Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals coming up on February 13th. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may not know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying the loyal customer base. 
and that's BetUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS, and you will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code BOLTS22. That's B-O-L-T-S, the number 22. They have re-up and referral bonuses as well. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. BetUS has all your NBA and NHL games with team and player props and loads of NFL futures and NFL odds up already. And don't forget the NFL draft is coming up. Yes, you will see prop bets on the NFL draft as well. And you can bet UFC matches and props, PGA golf and round matchups, and live betting on most sports, including golf. The online casino has hundreds of games, and the race book has all your horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable, and the Sharp Bet US mobile platform is easy and full with betting options. Follow my lead and get your phone, online, and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Bet US. You bet, you win, you get paid. Bet US. All right, um, all-star stuff. It's, you know, a comment Steven Stamkos made when he was asked about the all-star game, it, it kind of made me think about a few things. Even he said that the, the all-star game has sort of lost its allure. And I wonder, do fans feel that way? Do fans feel that the all-star game has lost its allure? They've tried different things. You know, they, they went to the fantasy draft situation. You've had the, you know, the world versus North America. You've had straight conference base. Now you've got the three-on-three tournament. They've done things to try and give different looks and different feels to it. Uh, the three-on-three, of course, has been around now for a number of years. Uh, this is the first All-Star game, of course, in two years. The last one taking place in 2020 before the world uh, sort of shut down on, on many levels. Um, but you have, you know, if, if you're a fan, do you have interest in this game? Do you have interest in the festivities? Do you only tune in to watch your guy? In other words, are you only tuning in because you want to watch Steven Stamkos, Victor Hedman, and Andre Vasilevsky perform? Could you care less about everything else? Or are you a fan of the game? Are you a fan of hockey? Are you a fan of the NHL? And you want to see it all. I, I I don't know, and I don't know if there's a right answer for this. I've always found, me personally, in my opinion, that the Friday festivities, which will take place with the all skills competition, always seem to pique my interest maybe more so than the game, no matter what format of the game that they have done. I think part of the issue with the skills competition, sometimes it, it it's slow, it takes a while to sort of set up some events, and, and I don't wonder if that sort of slowed down the process. Uh, you saw the the in St. Louis a couple years ago, they tried to you know shoot the pucks from the upper level, you know down to the lower level, inspired inspired by Evgeny Malkin and what he did for the Pittsburgh Penguins website. Uh, this year, they've got a couple of, of new events. Uh, one of them will include Steven Stamkos, and, and they're calling this the. Uh, 21 and 22, you're going to have a giant deck of cards in front of players, and they're going to play blackjack, basically. In other words, they have to shoot pucks at cards to try and get as close to 21 on the fewest shots possible, and it's it's a head-to-head situation. Um, you know, so well, it's it's almost like a exaggerated 
shooting accuracy contest is what this is. But Steven Stamkos will take part in that. That will be an outdoor event, so that'll be interesting. There's another event also taking place outdoors at the famous Bellagio Hotel Fountains where players are actually going to have to take a boat out to the middle of the fountains and they're going to be shooting pucks and they're going to have to deal with the mist of the fountains and the wind and everything like that. Uh, So that's going to take place. No Lightning players will take part in that event. But those are two new events this year that they're introducing. Uh, Obviously, you know, exclusive to Las Vegas uh, because, you know, the Bellagio and then, of course, the casino tie-in. I find it interesting... And a lot of sports are like this now. Remember for years, sports leagues would just completely pretend that Las Vegas didn't happen. Like it was just this myth of a place because of the tie-ins with gambling, the casinos, and of course everything that Sin City is built on. And now you have an all-star game. Not only do you have a franchise in Vegas, you have two pro franchises there as the Raiders now play in Las Vegas. So not only do you have two pro sports franchises there, you're having an all-star game in Vegas, and you're integrating, not sports betting, of course, but you're integrating a casino-style game into the event. Never would have happened 15, 20 years ago. Never a dream. It's only recently that you know the sports betting industry and um, pro sports have sort of started to align, and that's a topic for something else at the moment, but but I do find that interesting. So you have the skills competition, which will take place on ESPN Friday night as I'm recording this here on uh, Thursday. Uh, So that'll take place, and Andre Vasilevsky will take part in the... uh, It's it's not the breakaway challenge. It's it's the saves, the number of saves they make. You've seen this contest before. Uh, Fortunately, and I like this idea... The league is not putting any of the NHL goaltenders in the breakaway challenge. Uh, You're actually going to see Manon Rayom, who was a former goaltender. Of course, any Lightning fan automatically recognizes the name of Manon Rayom. She will be one of the goalies taking part in that contest. And so will Wyatt Russell. Uh, Wyatt Russell, the actor, uh, son of uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Uh, Also a big part of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you've seen that show on Disney Plus, part of the Marvel Universe, he was the new Captain America in that show. Uh, He will be the other goaltender taking part in this as well. So that'll be a little bit of a new wrinkle to kind of add in. But I'm curious, do you, as a fan, do you prefer watching the skills competition? Do you just the game? And, and the, look, the format for the game is going to remain the same. It's three-on-three. Uh, three. One goalie will get a period. Uh, it'll, it'll be conference and division-based. So the Atlantic Division will play the Metro Division. The Central Division will play the Pacific Division. And the two teams that win that will play for the championship. There isn't a monetary prize involved, something that they did introduce a couple of years ago to kind of make the game a little bit more competitive. And it's interesting. I remember... One of my first all-star games that I covered was down in Sunrise in 2003. And everybody was, um, I don't want to say stunned because he said he was going to do it. But when Jeremy Roenick delivered a hit, everybody's like, whoa, what's going on? Jeremy Roenick actually delivered a hit that registered on the score sheet. It's the only hit that was done. 
it's the only hit that was registered. But that's kind of where the game has gone. And, you know, it, it turned into glorified shinny hockey. I said shinny, S-H-I-N-N-Y, shinny hockey. Because nobody, look, nobody wants to go to those events and get hurt, right? So you were getting scores between, you know, even a five-on-five play, you were getting scores that were, you know, 14 to 10 or something ridiculous like that. So they introduced a three-on-three format and tried to make it more competitive with a monetary uh, incentive for the winners. Uh, So that's, you know, what's taking place. So me, myself, I'm more interested in Friday night maybe more so than Saturday afternoon that the All-Star Game will take place 3 p.m. on Saturday, February the 5th, uh, 3 o'clock on ABC, Skills Competition ESPN Friday night, game Saturday afternoon, 3 p.m. on ABC. Uh, And I'll probably honestly be more interested in, in checking out the Skills Competition on Friday night. So, um, But they've done you know what they can. By the way, Victor Hedman will take place in the hardest shot competition on Friday night. So so those are my feelings on the uh, All-Star Weekend and everything that comes with it. Uh, in terms of what the next couple of months are going to look like for Tampa Bay, well chronicled, well documented. I've written about this a few times on the site. Very light schedule here in February because of the uh, fact that Tampa Bay only had three games to have made up from postponements. So they will be at Colorado on February the 10th. They will be at Arizona on February the 11th and at New Jersey on February the 15th. So those are the three makeup games. They will then take another week off. They will return to action at home against the Edmonton Oilers. That game will take place on February the 23rd. And then, of course, you've got the... Um, Stadium Series game in Nashville on the 26th. That game, by the way, will be broadcast on TNT. That's a 7.30 p.m. Eastern start for that game uh, if you want to tune in. So so that's the rest of their February. Uh, they took care of their business for the most part in January, uh, even with all the injuries they had. Nikita Kucherov did come back in January, missed the final three games of the month due to COVID protocols. Um, but Tampa Bay had a successful January now they need to uh, get their rest. I think it's very important for them to get their rest here, to get some recoveries. We know the injuries they've had. Eric Chernak and Zach Bogosian have both missed more games this season than they've actually played. Uh, you expect Nikita Kucherov um, to be healthy for the stretch one. We know that Andre Palat has been dealing with something. This gives him an opportunity to kind of to rest himself a little bit. Um, we know Steven Stamkos has missed some practices here and there. Uh, as well, and look, at this time of the year, you have all kinds of bumps and bruises. Anthony Sorelli had a situation in December that he was dealing with. Uh, so this just gives an opportunity to get away from the game and get that physical rest, but also the mental rest. Because if you haven't looked ahead to what March and April are going to bring, it's going to be a lot of hockey in two months' time. They play 31 games between March 1st and April 29th. And, and the, the stretch, the middle stretch of March is going to be brutal. It will be brutal. You, they have a stretch of 10 out of 11 games on the road. That starts on March the 6th. It finishes on March the 27th. So in a span of four weeks, they play one home game. That will be on the 19th, February 19th, against the New York Rangers in a game that will be broadcast nationally on ABC. 
So you have a trip out to Western Canada. It starts in Chicago on the 6th, March 8th at Winnipeg, March 10th at Calgary, March 12th at Edmonton, March 13th at Vancouver, and finishes on March 16th with their first trip into Seattle. Uh, return from Seattle on the 17th because they won't fly straight home from Seattle. I'll have the 18th off. Return to action at home against the Rangers on the 19th. Right back out on the road at Carolina on the 22nd, at Boston the 24th, at Detroit the 26th, and at the Islanders on the 27th. And then, of course, April is a very heavy home schedule. They actually only have five road games in the month of April, and actually only three of them out of the state of Florida because they do have a game in Sunrise on April the 24th, and then the season does conclude on April the 29th at New York. Again, that's at New York. That's flip-flopped in case you missed that. Um, it was originally supposed to be Columbus. They swapped those two games, so it'll be at Columbus on the 28th and at the Islanders on April the 29th to close out the regular season schedule. So that's a lot of hockey in two months' time. So get the rest now. I know a lot of you already said it. I can't believe there's only so few games in February, but the players, I think, can use the break. John Cooper has pointed out many times here in the last little bit that... You know, Tampa Bay was the last team to play before the Christmas break and the first team to play coming out of the Christmas break. So all those other teams, and some of it was COVID-related, of course, but some of those other teams got rest that maybe Tampa Bay didn't get. So they're going to take advantage of this time as much as they can to give them as much rest and recovery as possible. And again, it's not all physical. They need it physically, but it's not all physically. You do need to get away as well. You know, her, Ryan McDonough, talk before the the final game against San Jose before the break that there's a Disney trip planned in there with with his kids and family there's a a, a trip to Tennessee they want to take probably in the second half of this break um, you know just to kind of get away and spend some time with family and that stuff it matters that stuff matters uh, the pressures of uh, playing professional sports especially with the expectations that Tampa Bay has so the physical and mental rest will be just as important. So it's good for them to get this now because there's a lot of hockey coming up and they will get some rest. All right, the the playoff format situation. It comes up a lot every year. A few years ago, people looked at the Western Conference and in particular the Nashville Predators and the Winnipeg Jets in the 2018 season. They were actually the number one and number two team in the Western Conference. But yet you knew with the format and the way it is that one of them was not making the Western Conference final. Sure enough, the two teams beat each other up in a seven-game series, eventually won by Winnipeg. They go on to face uh, Vegas in the conference final, and the, the expansion Vegas Golden Knights had so much time off that they were actually able to defeat the Jets and move on to the Stanley Cup final. And you're, you're having that conversation again already because you look at the East right now. And we talked about this on the last podcast. The eight teams in the Eastern Conference, they're pretty much set for the seat, for, for, the, for uh, the postseason. There's not, the only thing that's going to change is who finishes where. Because the number two wildcard team right now, as we head into the All-Star break, are the Boston Bruins. They have 55 points. The next closest team is Detroit Red Wings. They have 46. So they are nine points behind, but the Bruins have four games in hand 
on the Detroit Red Wings. So there's not a, an opportunity for Detroit to, to make up that ground. Even with head-to-head matchups, you'd have to win whatever remaining matchups are there, and then you'd have to hope that the Bruins stumble and, and the Red Wings get hot because the Red Wings' point percentage is actually 489, and the Bruins is 640. And even you know Washington, which currently holds the number one wildcard spot, is at 59 points. So they're 13 points behind the Washington Capitals. So, again, your eight teams are set. Now, what makes this uh, a debatable situation is you have the Panthers with a 734 points percentage, the Lightning a 717, and Toronto at 726. So those are three of the top four point percentages in the Eastern Conference right now. And one of them will be eliminated in the first round. And none of them are guaranteed to get to the conference final. Because you have, again, three of the top four in the same division. So, the debate comes up. Should the league change the format? And there hasn't really been an appetite on the league level. But there are always some interesting proposals taking place. And the one that I saw came from Ray Ferraro. Again, this is not a new idea, but seeing it from Ray Ferraro sparked my interest in bringing this topic up. Go to, you still have two divisions in each conference. Give your division winners the one and two seed. Your next number of teams get uh, seeded three through six based on conference play, not division play, based on conference play. And then you have teams seven through ten play a mini-series for the final two spots to set up the playoffs. So your top six teams would all get a bye, and then your 7 through 10 play, whether it's a best of three, a best of five, even if it's a one-game runoff, whatever it is. Because I think what this does, first of all, you go to a more of a conference-based setting, so you avoid the possibility of Florida, Tampa Bay, and uh, Toronto in this case, of two of those teams playing each other in the first round. So you'll avoid that likelihood. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. The other thing that it does, it's going to in- increase playoff interest because, as we just talked about, you've got a, a number of teams in the Eastern Conference who are sitting there saying, we got nothing to play for for two and a half months. Because a lot of these teams will be playing makeup games here in February. They got nothing to play for. They got nothing. There, there's no chance, almost zero chance, that the Red Wings or Columbus or anybody is going to catch you know, for, for a wild card spot unless somebody really stumbles down the stretch. So you increase, you increase playoff interest league-wide, because there's no races right now, and any races in the West... The other thing is it, it will do is it will add television exposure. So you're adding an additional round that TV will pick up on. And you have two television partners, ESPN and TNT. You could easily, ESPN takes the East, TNT takes the West, however you want to do it. And they get to show those play-in games, those, those play-in round games. And, you know, this was obviously a big topic in 2020 during the bubble playoffs, right? It's sort of set up the same way. And the more important thing about all of that, however, is it adds to hockey-related revenue. And this matters 
for both sides here. Obviously, it matters to the owners because it's ticket revenue. It's playoff ticket revenue for additional teams, so it's additional home games. And, of course, the visiting teams get to share in on that as well. And it's important for the players because right now, especially right now, the higher the hockey-related revenue is, the less escrow they got to pay. That's important to the players, especially right now with the amount of money they have to give back because of the damage done to the business side during the pandemic the last two years. I think it's time the league goes to this. I really think it's time the league looks at this. This used to be a league where 16 of the 21 teams in the league made the playoffs. And yes, you had teams with sub-500 records get in the playoffs. You even had a Minnesota North Stars team reach the Stanley Cup final with a sub-500 record. The likelihood of that happening now, especially with the overtime situation and and everything like that, I don't know how uh, that would come, you know, I mean, I just did mention that Detroit is under a 500 points percentage team, but I just don't see the likelihood of any of those teams having that sort of an impact. But you give them something to play for. You, you give, you incentivize them, so rather than tanking, and tanking comes up a lot, especially when you had... You know, the Connor McDavid year you had, and Jack Eichel was second. It was a race between those teams to see who could finish last. It gives the fan base something to stay interested in as well. Hey, my team has a chance to make the playoffs. And look, we know in the NHL, it upsets happen in the NHL more than they happen in any other professional sport, you know, top league sport in, the, in North America. You just don't see too many upsets. I, I think it's time the league goes to that. I think it's time they really start to explore that, if for nothing else, because it gives more revenue. Uh, if you have any thoughts on that, you want to let me know what you think of it, by all means, you can always find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Eric underscore Erlinson, E-R-I-K underscore E-R-L-E-N-D-S-S-O-N. My email is eric at lightinginsider.com. Again, E-R-I-K at lightinginsider.com. All right, your questions. I know uh, short notice, so I don't have as many as I usually do in these situations, but uh, I do want to get to them here while I can. Uh, The first one I will get to, and it wasn't even a question, but it was something that Stephanie had asked me, and I never got back to her on it uh, on my Twitter feed. But the Lightning did make a couple of minor league trades heading into the All-Star break. They made a deal with, sorry, I got to find it here through my, my feed. They, they were both made on Tuesday. They made a trade with Nashville where they sent, um, well, they acquired Anthony Richard from Nashville, 5'10", 186-pound forward, Played in 31 games with Milwaukee this year. Seven goals, 12 points. They dealt um, Jimmy Huntington, former undrafted player, to Nashville in that deal. And then the other deal that they pulled off also happened on Tuesday. From the Dallas Stars, 
They picked up a forward by the name of Ty Fellhaber in exchange for former draft pick Alexei Lapanov. Uh, Fellhaber was um, assigned to the Orlando Orlando Solar Bears. Um, uh, again, an undrafted uh, smaller forward, 5'11", 185 pounds. Uh, he's played in 14 games for the Texas Stars this season. Um, so, again, two minor league deals. Uh, and, you know, Stephanie's comment was, hey, is Julian's up to something? Eh, not necessarily. Um, Lapanov was had fallen out of favor, obviously, with the organization. He had a great debut in his preseason debut a few years ago. Just never really lived up to the expectations of him. Um, so they moved on from him. All, that's, that's all that deal is. Um, and then they're just looking to shore up Syracuse. Syracuse has uh, had a tough go of it this year. They don't have a ton of veterans down there. You know, you've got a Gabe Dumont, you've got an Andre Schuster, but they have a relatively young team there. So you bring in, not that, you know, the, the, you know whoever they acquired is an older player, but, you know, they've got some experience under their belt, something that Syracuse doesn't have a ton of uh, at the AHL level. So they're just trying to help Syracuse because, as, as we know, with the cap situation Tampa Bay has, this this does have, this has no bearing on helping them with their cap situation. Any any trade has to be dollar in, dollar out because they have zero cap space. So I don't necessarily get the sense that what Julian or in Stacy Roos, who's the GM of Syracuse, uh, I think they're just trying to shore up Syracuse in that situation. So, again, two minor trades made there. Uh, question from Bert. Is Chernak due for return against Colorado? And is there any way he can get thicker pads or something like Kevlar to protect him when he's blocking shots? Yeah, he's had some bad luck this year. Uh, I mean, look, the, when he missed games at the beginning of the year, it was an upper body injury, right? Like the shot hit him somewhere in his arm or his forearm or his hand. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but that's why he missed time that uh, that time around. And then the other one, he took off his boot. Um, and now he's out for a third time this year. I, I mean, I, I mentioned this before. You know, some guys do have uh, protection on the top of their boot. You see these p- plastic pieces on top of their skate boot. Um, and there is some padding around the ankles as well because somebody asked the question last week, can you put, you know, ankle protectors attached to shin, shin guards kind of like you do... You know, you see some soccer players, especially at the youth level, have that involved with them. Um, it, it's Honestly, it's just bad luck. It's, it's just bad luck. And Eric Chernak said it when he came back the first time. He's not changing. He's not changing who he is. Um, you know, he's not changing what he does for this team. Uh, so, you know, sometimes you're going to get hurt. It's just a question of where it hits you and what sort of damage it might end up doing. So... Uh, as far as whether he's back for Colorado, it's hard to tell. We won't know until the team gets back to practice. Uh, whether that's the day before they leave for Denver or two days before they leave for Denver, we won't know the answer for that until then. Um, so there's just no way of seeing. He hasn't skated that we've seen. Uh, I haven't seen him skating before practice or before morning skates. So, again, the rest and recovery is, you know, helps somebody in this situation like Eric Chernak. From Meg, what do you make of Kucherov returning to practice on Tuesday but not playing the game that night? Uh, it was a morning skate that Kucherov was out on the ice for. 
Uh, if you heard the interview with John Cooper, I did try to get out of him the reason why Kucherov was not playing that night, um, as it looked as if he'd been cleared. Look, he's out on the ice, so he obviously produced a negative test and wasn't showing any symptoms. That's the only way you can get out of quarantine, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're cleared fully because there are other aspects that you have to clear in order to get back into games, and one of those is you have to clear a heart test. As we know, there can be some heart issues that pop up with people who uh, have contracted COVID uh, through the you know past two years. And I'm not saying that's what it was for sure. But when you hear, say, John Cooper say he hasn't been cleared and then didn't expand on it, that's what makes me think that that could have been what it was. Because it's not just getting a negative test. You have to clear all these other hurdles as well uh, to be able to return. So it was good and encouraging to see him on the ice. The other part of that is it could very easily be they just, with the week off, they didn't want to put him into a game, and another week off. But, again, just based on John Cooper's comments about he's out, he's not cleared yet, that kind of gets me thinking that he just hadn't 100% cleared from COVID protocols, even though he had been allowed out of quarantine, and there is a difference there. Uh, from Joyce, do you think any change will come in Chicago? The owners and management team are just plain bad. I've never liked the fan base, but wow, I'm starting to feel a bit bad for them. Uh, this is, of course, in uh, relation to um, Rocky Wirtz and his back and forth with a couple of reporters at a ta- town hall situation earlier this this week. Of course, you know, the whole uh, Kyle Beach situation. And he was very... Words was very standoffish. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. Wow. Um, talk about tone deaf. Because like I know, I know Mark Lazarus, who used to work for one of the Chicago papers, now writes for the Athletic. I know Mark, and he's a dogged reporter. And if you listen to the question, he wasn't trying to bring up the beach report. He was trying to ask the ownership. What steps are being taken from that report for the Blackhawks to be a team where players feel safe, where there's a safe environment if, it, if, if there's situations like this violating you know, their, their safety? And he, he wanted nothing to do with it. He didn't want anybody else on stage answering the question. That's bad leadership. That's bad leadership. Even if you don't want to answer the question, you had somebody on stage, and I don't know who it was, willing to answer that question and and give an outline. This is what we are doing to make it better so it doesn't happen again. That's the key point that Wirtz is missing here. People want to know, what are you doing to make sure this never happens again? And when you've got Wayne Gretzky on national TV questioning the organization... Well, if I had an 18-year-old son, what are you doing to make me feel comfortable that my son is safe if, you, if he's drafted into your organization? you got Wayne Gretzky questioning you. It, I don't think you're going to see Rocky Wirtz uh, be in a public situation like this again. Uh, they still don't have a GM in place. Um, you know, you've got a, a committee. Uh, I think Eddie Olchek is on it. Marion Hosa is on it as well. Uh you know, on the GM search, but there definitely needs to be a shift of leadership. 
whether it's public or whatnot, there has to be a shift in leadership to give a different direction and a different feel to what is taking place uh, in the Chicago Blackhawks organization because right now, it ain't good. It ain't good. All right, last one here from Stephanie. Uh, if we get Eric Chernak and Zach Bogosian back healthy, can we get back to that lockdown style of defense we're used to seeing? Also notice Clayson's ice time is decreasing last two games down to a little over five minutes. Do you think it's because he just isn't playing that well? Um, well, certainly Chernak and Bogosian help, um, you know, but but team it's a team defense, right? And I think what we saw in in the last game before the break against San Jose. That looked like a team, even without Bogosian and even without Chernak, even without Kucherov, that looked like a familiar formula to me. Low scoring, some tight checking going on. The Lightning didn't take risks. To me, like the Lightning are not a great defensive team. They're not a great defensive team. You have a, an elite, elite goaltender. You have a, a structure and a base in your defensive zone that things work on. But they're never going to be a great defensive team. They have some good defensive players. Belmar, Sorelli, you know, previous couple of years you had Goodrow and Gord and Coleman. You know, so they have good defensive players, but as a team, they're not going to be a great defensive team. Their their best approach is exactly what we saw in San Jose. Don't put your goaltender under stress by turning over the puck. Be patient, take a patient approach, and do what you do best. That doesn't matter who's in the lineup. That's the way the Lightning have to play when you get towards the playoffs and to have success in the playoffs because they have the skill that can win games. They have the game breakers that can turn 2-2 games into 3-2 wins. And I know the other night it was overtime, but they really pushed in the third period. They had opportunities to win that game in the third period with that approach. So it's not a defensive lockdown style, so to speak, but um, certainly, you know, Chernak and Bogosian, a couple of bigger defensemen will help. As far as Clayson, I mean, look, Clayson is number four on the depth chart for a reason. Um, You know, I did ask John Cooper specifically about with this amount of time off coming up, can you maybe coach the game a little bit differently and maybe play your top guys a little bit more because to Stephanie's point, not only was Clayson around five minutes, you had Victor Hedman at 29 minutes one game, Mikhail Sergachev was 29 minutes one game, we saw Braden Point at 26 minutes one game, Stamkos was at 23, you know, a little bit higher um, in those situations. And, you know, you know, John Cooper's answer was, no, we are not approaching these games to coach them any different. We are coaching to win the games. And the game against Vegas and the game against San Jose, they were both close games. They were obviously tied in the third period. Both games went to overtime. Um, So they're trying to win the game, and you have a better chance of winning the game with your better players on the ice. So that does mean that in that situation, you don't want Freddie Clayson to make a mistake. Now look, Clayson was on the ice for the two goals against in the game against Vegas, including one that actually went in off of him, and he actually didn't see the ice after that goal. He did get one shift in the third period on Tuesday against San Jose. Um... So, uh, but, you know, look, Freddie Clayson is what Freddie Clayson is. The Lightning, we know, have cap issues. So they can't go out and just acquire somebody that maybe provides them a little bit more depth on the left side uh, if there is an injury. Because, as we know, Sergachev has had to shift over to the right because of the injuries to Chernak and Bogosian. 
So rather than having Andre Schuster up, they've decided to go with Clayson, and and basically they've rotated those three those three guys: McDonough, Hedman, and Sergachev, and then trickle in a Jan Ruda, trickle in a Cal Foot, and then occasionally trickle in. So there was there's no set defensive pairings in those games. Uh, but Freddie Clayson is what Freddie Clayson is. There's not a lot of depth on the left side. You're next up on the left side. We saw him earlier this year, Sean Day, who played in those two games just after Christmas with all the COVID situations they had. Uh, so he is your next best guy, and he has now two games of NHL experience. So not a lot of depth on that side of the defense. All right, that is going to... Uh, wrap up this edition of the lightninginsider.com podcast. Uh, don't forget that promo code with BetUS. That's BetUS.com. The promo code is BOLTS22. You will get 125% sign-up bonus, uh, of course, with the NFL championship coming up and everything else. Uh, there are always opportunities if you are into uh, that scene of things. If you are, do it responsibly. Uh, but take advantage of that 125% bonus just for signing up you again use the code bolts 22 everyone enjoy the all-star break we've got games coming up next week it'll be a little bit of a gap but there will be games back on the schedule as always if you have questions if you have comments find me on twitter at eric underscore erlinson my dm is always open on there uh, i'll take questions that way and of course i will also take questions via email if you want to do that eric at lightninginsider.com as always thanks everybody for listening we'll talk soon save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.